Is MetroPCS using you like an ATM? Then flip off MetroPCS and switch to Boost Mobile and save. Right now, switch to Boost and get two lines with three gigs of 4G LTE data per line for only 50 bucks. That's 50 bucks, gentlemen. Good mm, job, fifty dollars. That's a deal. With Metro PCS, you only get two gigs per line for the same price. Plus, get up to two free LG X Power phones. That's two free phones, guys. Two free. Dang. That's what I'm saying. Boost is the best value in wireless among national prepaid carriers, and it's all powered by the fast and reliable Sprint nationwide network. Don't miss out. Visit a Boost mobile store now. Boost makes it easy to switch. Switching makes it easy. Let's make save. a pit stop at Boost. That's what Let's I'm saying. Uh, this is this I is a, a, a momentous occasion. Marty Casey is here. Yeah! Matt, Matt and Mike are, hey. are in the back seat. Uh, let's, uh, <laughs> should we do this? Mm-hmm. Let's do it. It's Car Con Carne. Let's eat in the car. It's Car Con Carne. It is Carcone Carne, the world's only food podcast recorded in a car. The car is my Mazda 3. I'm James Van Osdell. The car is on Ashland by Chicago, outside Cafe Trap, Trapezoid, Traspezada? Trapezarias. Traspezada? That's right. What does Traspezada mean in Spanish? It means three uh, you're triangles. making it. You're making stuff up. <laughs> means dope tacos. Do, it means dope tacos. Dope tacos. Dope. You're drunk and you're Mas dope tacos. Actually, dope tacos is in Boulder right now. Oh. You can get oh, those. Yeah. Uh, oh. Marty Casey's here. Matt and Mike in the back seat. Marty Casey, we have so much to talk about, but for God's sake, let's eat tacos. It's about time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Been holding out on Marty us. Ate. I'm going to distribute. Matt already yeah. scarfed yeah. him down. Well, well Matt got the special order. Oh, thank yeah. you. He didn't want to Cheers. get what the rest of the kids in the car were getting. Oh, thank you. And it should uh, be noted, Marty Casey, you you look very well dressed. You don't look uh, Mazda three slash taco eating appropriate. <laughs> I'm bringing the class to the. It's about damn Mazda. time. <laughs> I do have some uh, sauce. Uh, looks like some uh, verde sauce. Yeah, it's an mm-hmm. art to pour sauce in a car well, while that eating was, a taco while driving. That well, well, driving. Forget it. But that was what I was about to say next. Maybe we skip the sauce because there's a challenge in here. No, not taking That's that challenge. Scream. No, I'm not either. You're a wise man. Three triangles tacos are so good you don't need sauce. People love this place. Oh, good. I already spilled oil on my shirt. That won't come out. That's awesome. <laughs> there it is. There it is. I didn't even put food to my lips yet, and I've already stained my shirt. <laughs> this is magnificent. <laughs> There is there is danger. Carne asada in my oh my crotch. gosh! You know the beauty of this place? Oh no, you. It is open so late all the time. It's all over your face. It huh? is open. Thank you. So late You're all the time. Definitely regular. And here's the thing, and I think they do it on purpose. If you try to open that door, you can get in easy. The door swings open. You you barely touch it. There's some sort of vacuum force with that kitchen. When you try to get out, you literally, as a 200 pound man. Have to like shove Dude, a wide a receiver. Two, you're not to get a 200 out. pound man. If you're a 200 pound man, then I'm 500 pounds. You have to sh- you have to literally shove the door several times, and it's so funny if you go in there and there's a bunch of liquored up people. Oh, yeah. The the guy that takes your order literally has to open the door for him and give it a shove. It was about 40 degrees below zero in there, by the way. We're here in the mm, summer. I know, mm-hmm. and it's only half a it's a half of a half of a half building. Mm-hmm. I think people have to stop by and check it out. It is the strangest, mm-hmm. um, most commercially successful burrito place that's a half of a half of a half a building. This yeah. taco is already awesome. 
Mm. Oh my God. Uh, well, Marty, let's let's start with the president, and we'll work our way backward. Um, Did you he'll... say start with the president? Let's start are with the president. Are we gonna get political? <laughs> How about that Trump? What's <laughs> up with that guy? Let's start with the president, and then we'll work back there and get to the music. Uh, let's let's fix all the problems. Let's first. start with you going solo. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, even in the time of the In Excess show. You didn't go solo after that. You went back to Love Hammers. Yeah, absolutely. Why? So what now would lead you to go solo? Is there stuff you need to say in music that you just wanted to do on your own? Well, I mean, I would have loved to have done it after the show, but I had a responsibility to my best friends. Have been We have been chasing the dream and, and building the dream for so long, and I respected that. There's, I'm not, I wasn't going to jump out at that point. I thought that the Love Hammers had worked hard enough for long enough at trying to have our voice being heard that that was our time for the band to be heard mm-hmm. so I not only did that and, and and I was happy to do it and it was exciting for as a band for us to get signed to Epic and then go on a national tour and have a tour bus and be playing worldwide and unbelievable and it was not till 10 years after that show that I finally said I think I do have some things to say as an individual that don't get everything I write gets hammerfied I thought what if it didn't get hammerfied what would it be and as maybe a gift to myself, I said, I'm going to do an album that's just that voice. Mm-hmm. And and that turned out to be The Ground You Walk On. And, and I give a lot of respect for the Love Hammers for allowing me that. Uh, well, that, that was my next question. Are they, are they cool with it? Or is it kind of like, I, I need to see other people? Was it that kind of vibe? I think what I've done through the course of, you know, singing for LA Guns for a bit and mm-hmm. going on Rockstar in Excess with the, you know, maybe one person saying, yeah, go for it. And the other two saying, that's a real stupid move. I think it's been a consistent Marty trying new things and the band dealing with that and mm-hmm. it, and and I feel for that side of it but I don't stop I don't take months off or take a break or right. I just keep going and this is what I thought was the right thing to do so are they happy about it hell no but they rather <laughs> okay, be doing it, it but they rather be doing every street festival and and in shows with hammers absolutely but you know what you got to go away to come back and there's a time for the Love Hammers to come back, and that will happen. But the right time now is We see, is we see that Peace. time and time again, don't we? In, in the music scene. Yeah. You just you need to go away, leave people a little bit hungry. Have to. Uh-huh. Have to. I mean, we, we've been together since 88. It's ridiculous. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just the first time we've really gone away. So it's, it is nice that I get many, many emails a day. From fans that are saying, when are the Hammers going to have yeah. a show? And that's a nice thing to see, is that for a long while we played so much that it was laissez-faire, and now people care. Mm-hmm. So, all right, tell me about getting these songs together for this album. Were these ideas, thoughts that you'd been sitting on for a while, or did, did they just come from a place you're at now? This house, I wrote that intro to that when I was like 17 years old, and I've been playing it at every Hammers rehearsal saying I think it's a song they just say ah whatever <laughs> so some of them are that old some of them are, are re- brand new ideas and said let's you know Marty Fredrickson the producer said let's go in a different direction let's not make a Love Hammers record without the Love Hammers let's make a Marty Casey record right so a lot of them are new a lot, some of them I didn't write some of them were written you know by other players well, that, that, <laughs> you know, that we brought in well when you first uh, sent me the songs from the album one of the first songs I gravitated toward, I think I said to you in a message, uh, wow, that In Excess influence sure was strong on you because that smacks of In Excess and your response? 
Absolutely. It was written by <laughs> Andrew Ferris with Marty Ferguson uh-huh. when I was on Rockstar Excess for me to sing if I went in excess. That's amazing. Yeah. So it's my realization. Why let that go to waste? Is my realization of what I would have sounded like with In Excess mm-hmm. played with the songwriter of In Excess. It was like the re- the full reality of that dream that happened 12 years ago. What would have happened if Marty Casey won that In Excess gig? Well, that's what it would have sounded like. It was. It's a dream to get to do that. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite In Excess song? I think Listen Like Thieves because I auditioned with it. They told me that they had every backing track. And I went in there at Shuba's. And just you know, got just waited in line and went in there, and I sang, "Okay, I'm gonna sing Listen Night Thieves." They say we don't have that backing track. I said, "You said you have every backing track off the greatest hits to go. It's the only one we don't have." So I sang it anyways, and did my crazy manic mad conductor over it. And I actually think they chose me for the show because they thought I was a psychopath as opposed to being a decent singer. I don't think people think you're a psychopath even on stage, unless you were really that nuts. Not a psychopath, but this manic mm-hmm. person on stage. I, you, I really you, think an energy. You were, yeah, you're they showman, like this they... guy will be good for the show. He's got a lot of energy, and I don't know if he could sing though. I guess my yeah. question to you, Marty, is, I, you know, I always had the impression. I think it's a correct one that Love Hammers is a band of equals. Yeah, I and mean, here you, you have to take charge. This is this is your ship to captain. Yeah. How does that change your role as a musician, as a performer, as a businessman? I had to learn the business because Dino Corrales did all the management of the band and every booked every show and it fell into my lap and releasing records and charting on SoundScan and doing all that stuff. I had no understanding, but I realized if you dive in as any musician, as any just unknown musician, is if you really dive into the details, you can get on the length of a major label or an indie label and be one yourself. But you got to do the homework, and it was just that was the hardest part was the business. I didn't understand the business. I've always just they let me just go up there, be crazy, and sing. And that's all I had to do. And I love that role. But now, maybe a little too diligent. I'm usually the first one at rehearsal. I'm bitching at people when they're not on time. And I'm not used to being that guy. But I also, for business, now I'm the front. And I'm very stringent about it. But but I love that creatively, I've never been more open and saying, okay, I want to do this, guys. Got four musicians sitting in a room with me. How can we make this idea I have happening uh, and, and, and do that in, in four minutes and, and how can we create something that's an introduction and, and I'm being a lot more open I don't feel like I'm controlling the music as much whereas before I had to control all the music and, and every second of it so it's eased the music and I think it's better I think there's more breath in the music I think I'm, it's, it's wider it's just a wider playing field for me because it's kind of limitless and it's just a fun I, I'm trying to take it as far away from Love Hammers because I'm not trying to compete with that thing mm-hmm. that I think is great. I want it to be completely unique and completely different, and and I never, don't want to tread on that ground. I think it's sacred, and, and I think it's responsible not to. But I, I really want to take this then as far away, and that's so fun to keep on going further and further away from what people expect from me. Mm-hmm. This could be a, a, an interview with Sting in the 80s talking about the dream of the Blue Turtles. <laughs> I wish. Yeah, yeah I mean I that's wish. that's what it really impressed me. The diversity of this record. Just, uh, I I always knew Marty had it in him to do something that was not rock. Some of my favorite songs by him were these tunes that were not not anything like the Love Hammers. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm trying to think of some of the, some of these songs that that probably ended up. Well, you know, Marty, maybe never recorded. Marty but, knows but, how to write a hook. No, so I mean, hooks exist in rock, well, and he's and, got one of those uh, voices too, where it's. 
it's not an acquired taste. It's one of those voices where you're just like it's instantly it kind of pulls you in. Yeah. It's got you. he's got he's got it, man. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He's got it like vocally. This is sounding like a Trump cabinet meeting yeah, right yeah. now. <laughs> you <laughs> must say huge. nice things if you want to get paid for this show. <laughs> and if you want, boss. Oh, we're, no, play, always, we're playing in a car on Tuesday. <laughs> I didn't really do a good job with lunch today. I was I, I slept in. I was at I, we're recording this in mid June. I was at the Metallica show last night at Soldier Field, and I had to work late. And I slept in. and thought, shit, I've got to get to work. I don't have time to really think about packing a lunch. Or, long story short, I ended up at Walgreens, got myself a giant twenty ounce Red Bull and a turkey sandwich from the Walgreens cooler. Oh my Sounds god! Like a which, terrible please, idea. which is like a step oh, above a gas station me? sandwich. Yeah. Oh. So we'll be pulling over. <laughs> it's so synthetic. There's nothing real about the. There's food nothing real about it. Here's at the a thing. sandwich at Walgreens. There, there was actually a selection process, and there was a moment where I thought, well, maybe the corned beef sandwich isn't that bad. Oh, <laughs> oh man! It comes with a pickle spear. Oh, <laughs> wrapped in there. And that. Oh, yeah. oh wow! So I went with the turkey sandwich. Fermented mayo. Yeah. Needless to say, I'm a little hungry right now. Uh, hungry for some real food. The steak uh, tacos oh. are doing the trick. Are you guys already done with all yours? Yeah. Holy Killed crap. Yeah, I, I, don't I need I to talk less. Mine. Lesson here. I need to talk less. So good. As a podcaster, you need to learn to eat and talk. I, yeah. I thought I had the art pretty well down, but, you know, the more people I have in the car, the I, more easily distracted I am. But aren't you amazed that, like, there's people in the world that, that can, singers that can, they can breathe in at the same time as they have circular breathing. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? Mm-mm. That people have circular breathing where, where you know, we need to breathe in and out. They mm-hmm. can do it at the same time. Now we're talking what? real people. You should be <laughs> yeah. podcasting. Now we're circular talking. breathers. Next episode in the Mazda to be with now JVO. Talking, now we're talking about like X Men level stuff. That's and it's real. <laughs> that is yeah. <laughs> They have gills. <laughs> they can do it. It's called Only circular Kenny breathing. Kenny, Kenny G can circular breathe. Yeah. Like the record. Kenny. Yeah. Kenny G. So Kenny G is going to be in this car next week. We got to hook up. And I guess my question to you, Marty, as a musician, why can't you be more like Kenny G? We, we met him last week at WGN. We did. Yeah, we did. And he was the nicest guy in the world. And you know what? I had to ask him. We were about to perform. We weren't yet sound checking. I go, he walked in and I didn't even say hello. I go, can you sit in for a song? Why and wouldn't he, you? I had to ask him, and he said, I can't. I'm leaving. He, really, what he meant was no way, no effing <laughs> way. But, but he was nice enough to take a photo, and he said, and I like, he didn't say, like, well, what are you doing? Who are you? He just said, who are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm Marty Casey. I released a record. What style of music? We're, I guess we're, and I did it. That's what I didn't know. I was like, are we, are we, like, rock with, like, Pop? What? What is our style? And does it matter anymore? Uh, I have a garbage bag if you guys need it. Oh, yeah. All right. So, the album uh, just came out. Yep. <laughs> just came out May twenty sixth. And so, all right. What's the What's the plan for the rest of the year? Are you going to tour on this? Are you going to hit the Midwest? You no, know, we've got. I I kind of wanted to leave it up to see if I want to release it. And first was like, hold your breath and see if anybody cares. Honestly, I'm like, hold your breath and see if anybody cares. And then we released it and, you know, we we're like, oh, my God, people care. So we've gotten a lot of opening dates, mm-hmm. you know, for, for different artists ranging from uh, Congos. Who, and then that's going to be a fun show to yeah. old school 90s stuff like Fuel and Marcy Playground. And then one coming now, up with you, Andy When you get Grammer. offered a gig like that, are, do you hesitate? No way. I didn't know if you wanted to kind of like fashion yourself as more of a 
contemporary in the moment or any, any of like any tides. good show. I don't yeah. care what I don't you know if 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 Survivor called up and they said do you want to open the show I would be like hell yeah. Well no first you'd say hang the on the tiger. No first you'd say hang on is Peter going to play vehicle or is it just Survivor yeah, stuff? I'm in if it's Ides of March I'm in. <laughs> yeah. I, I would actually put that in my contract. Can I, I tried to get Peter Rick on this show. Uh, the, the emails just stopped coming back. My fantasy was to have him play vehicle in my vehicle. I thought that was a little oh meta. Oh, my Lord. I, I, that's just, he has the greatest that story. a wormhole? I, yeah. <laughs> I wrote a song called Spirit Rise with him, and I went to his house in Burr Ridge, mm-hmm. and he opened the door, and it was like a Cribs episode, and there was like a guitar on every step of the stairway on both sides. There was like guitar in every portion of his house the whole perimeter there's guitar and then you walk they're amazing they're amazing (laughs) guitars he has like 300 amazing guitars then you walk through his living room to a white grand piano and we wrote the song spirit rise that's cool that guy is a real deal rock star he wrote all the the 38 special stuff hold on loosely the guy is an icon of chicago and should be more respected he should be playing in this car thank you amen amen marty casey thank you all right so uh you're gonna do some shows and you know it's funny we all know who you are and we've followed your career but to hear you say something like yeah i wanted to put out the record and see if anyone cared it's it maybe is that a midwestern thing that self-doubt that self-deprecating uh, i don't know maybe people will like it or is that just yeah i mean i think it's a bit of but i mean i think yeah if you're for in la you're like it's gonna sell a million <laughs> copies in the world that doesn't sell a million copies <laughs> and if you're from new york like it doesn't matter if you sell because it's really about the artistic interpretation of your music so i think in chicago you're like no the reality of it does anybody care you throw a party does anybody go that means a lot in Chicago. So yeah. I was wondering, you know, I wanted to put some videos out. I wanted to have fun with it. I wanted to get a great band together. I wanted to make a statement. But at the end of the day, on May 26th, when it's released, I'm like, hello, you know, is anybody buying this thing? And it's been a great release. You know, I've had to reorder physical, which I never thought I'd have to do. And it's going really great. So, yeah, if I could tour and it would make sense, we're going to do a radio campaign. And if that that's my guide I'm trying to be reasonable if I go to a radio campaign and it's played in you know a few different markets in the Midwest I'm like I'd love to go to Madison I'd love mm-hmm. to go to India I'd love to go anywhere Wisconsin anything that touches Illinois of course but am I going to go to Spokane for one show and play for four people probably not that sounds like a bad business move so let's go go forward with like let's hold the torch of radio in, in the single and whoever cares about it let's get the band and go there and play but am I going to just say Oh, I'm on tour. I got 20 dates and I'm going to play every like hole that nobody's ever heard of. And there's going to be three people there. And I'm going to like Snapchat the coolest like version of somebody's show with people actually at it. No, I'm going to like be really reasonable. This is the voice of a man who has some experience in the business. Yeah. (laughs) This is a guy who understands how to do this. All right. So what I'd like to do, we're going to hit pause. I say this every week. Somehow we're going to reconfigure this car so that you can perform in here. <laughs> Are now, windows all got to be up yeah, or down? No, they could be, be they could be down. I mean, it's a little noisy here on yeah, Ashland. Be, yeah. I had a rockabilly band here a couple weeks ago, and they had more members than we had room for, so the harmonica player stood outside the window and leaned into the microphone. So sometimes you just have to you have to be innovative. Yeah. I, be, well, we can we definitely can do it. Does that middle part go up? Is that sunroof? Yeah. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. So, Mikey, how do you feel about the tr- the mm-hmm. trunk? 
Uh, I, Double I pay for trunk play. Okay. Whatever you say, boss. <laughs> you okay, boss? So we're going to pause. Okay. We're going okay, to configure the car. Uh, and when we come back, I do want to kind of go back in time. I want to talk about your beginnings. I want to talk about Love Hammers. I want to talk about In Excess, reality television. I want to talk about L.A. Guns. I want to yeah. talk about everything that brought you here today. Okay. So we got a lot to cover. We're doing it. All right. It's Carco and Carney. All right, so Marty Casey, you have a new album out. Uh, it just came out, and you're gonna you're gonna play a new song, right? The ground you walk. We're gonna play a song off the ground you walk on. It's called "This House," and in the podcast that people are gonna love listening to, it's the one that we mentioned. Hey, where'd this record come from? And I said, hey, there's one song that I've been playing literally since I was 18, and I never really finished it. So this dates really back to the 1980s. This is a this is the one why I needed to go off and make a solo record. I wanted to finish some of these tunes I had in my brain. All right, now before you play, I, I didn't mean to like send you right into the song. I do want to ask you some interview questions okay. and some things I think people on Facebook Live would be interested to learn. Uh, Marty Casey, we came to know you from Swinging Love Hammers, Love Hammers yes. in Chicago. You guys have toiled, you've struggled, you have pounded your way through the Chicago music scene. What was the experience like as you kind of clawed your way through? I think it's the beautiful uh, situation that so many of my friends have been through, too, with just being in a new band. You come from your neighborhood. Right, hang on, Marty. I do need you to talk on the microphone. I think it's like yeah, a situation. there it is. I think it's a situation where, like, uh, a lot of your friends, when you're growing up, you start a band in your garage, your friends come, and then you go through high school and you go through college and bring all those friends and you get bigger and bigger and you start trying to sell out venues and selling out Double Door and selling out Metro and growing and growing and it never stopped. I don't think we took it seriously until it just never stopped growing. So then we'd throw parties at our house and invite people from Indiana to come and sleep in our backyard in a tent and throw a pig roast and we just kept Wait, you had pig roast? Pig, yep, pig roast. There's photo proof. And then we kept going, and it just kept bigger and bigger. Uh, we couldn't get a deal. So I said, how about I do this crazy thing, Rockstar in Excess? All right, all right let's talk no. about the Rockstar in Excess thing. <laughs> here's, a, here's a question for you. Which costs you more of your soul? Is it A, reality TV, or B, having a major label record deal? Ooh. No, I can't say both, because then 100% of the soul, bye-bye, parents. <laughs> I'm very sorry. I always said that Rockstar in Excess, I sold half my soul because people asked me to do another one like The Voice or do you want to go audition for The Voice, they say. I said no because I sold half my soul. And I think it's that's quantified together with the record deal because they were all one. When I signed the deal that was a thousand pages long to get on Rockstar in Excess, it already had the epic deal written into it. Oh, so, so it's a foregone conclusion that... Yeah. If things progress for you in Rockstar in Excess, you would... We own you. Man. Yeah, so it was, you know, and that, the Love Hammers were tied into that, essentially, as, you know, the, a lot of those songs I had the writing on. Right. So in order to get that epic deal, we had to tie that all together. And they were nice enough to kind of go along with it, too, because it was, like you said, a foregone conclusion. Is that your term? Uh, that that was going to be the result at the end of it. I did well. We got the deal with Epic. But then next step, reality show, complete insanity. You sell your soul. What's the step after that? Major label record deal. Now we own your soul. So we had two things fighting over our souls <laughs> into the universe. And then in the end, I guess I just have a solo record? Not a bad thing to have. <laughs> Not a, and this is kind of like a lifelong career achievement collection of songs. 
it. It is. I mean, we had an amazing time on Epic, and we got to tour the world, and we did everything we, you know, had set out to do. We made records post that back mm -hmm. in, you know, our own camp. And then I finally said, you know, it's been long enough. I didn't take this chance after Rockstar. I really wanted to, you know, finish these songs that I had written in my head that just weren't Love Hammer songs. I really wanted to expand the horizons beyond the modern rock that the Love Hammers do so well. I didn't want to make another Love Hammers record. So I reached out and I said, let's go as far away from that template as possible. Let's get the uh, most amazing musicians outside of Love Hammers that I that I could have the capacity to to guide into the into this band, which I which I have, and uh, let's let's put a record out that that really means something to me right now in in 2017 and where I am as as a human being, and and it just really worked better than I anticipated, and I think that because the plan as you can hear right now was so just random, uh, I didn't think too much, overthink it or think too much. Uh, we put our heart into it. We spent the time. Um, amazing musicians on it. And, you know, I have this for the rest of my life. When we released it in May 26th, there was a great reaction. I, as a Chicagoan, didn't anticipate that. I said I was always the naysayer. Like, I don't know if anybody will care. It turns out people cared. And now we just follow, you know, we're dangling the carrot. We have the record. Now we're following the offers for opening slots, which I love to do, get in front of a lot of faces. Sure. And and that's where it's at now, and and I think it's, I think it's a lot different than where I've been, but I think that people look at it and they get an insight into what I am now. So just to stay on in excess for a couple more seconds. Yeah, I'm sure you've thought about this, but have you ever given great thought to what your life would have been like if you had been the guy to replace Michael Hutchins? You know, I didn't give great thought to it. Like great thought gave gave into me thinking about it when we were touring with them and they have seven tour buses and we had a one that was breaking down every other day going through Colorado. Did it look like this Mazda 3? It Maybe? did. Yeah. This was basically the tour bus. So when we'd pull up, you know, in our in our old tour bus, which we loved as Love Hammers, to get to that level was huge. But when we'd get up on stage and, you know, and they'd be say, oh, we didn't even take our seven tour buses. We actually flew in because we had such a great time on Oprah yesterday. <laughs> so I was like, oh. And I'm thinking... I went and interviewed to be the CEO of this company in excess. Mm -hmm. And then I got hired as the janitor. Now, that's a little self-deprecating. I know, but it was really tough because you go every you time. You were like then, a manager. You were like a mid-level manager. I wouldn't uh, say you were the janitor. It was tough. It was tough you know, because they had it all. You know, They were literally like their Rolling Stones in their dressing room when we're, we're in New York City. Rolling Stone. And then they're like, do you want to talk to Marty Casey and the Love Hammers next door? And they're just like, no, we're busy. We're going out with the excess. It was tough because you're thrown in that situation and the limelight, all that light is shown on Dean excess. That was the show. So we were just happy and we were in the exact place we should have been. We're hardworking, gritty, it's Midwestern. Love Hammers dudes that just keep on grinding up that hill. And that hill was steep. And we thought the hill kind of leveled off and now we get to go down the slalom and leap great heights but we realized that once we got on the major label it was just more climbing up an even bigger hill and you know what we did we kept doing it like chicagoans do right total midwestern work ethic i, I gotta say looking back on that from the outside i remember uh when you guys got the deal my first thought was marty casey's downright decent he made sure that his band benefited from your experience you, you could have very easily had a solo album 
Yeah, I and, actually, and left it at that. The reason I had, I could have signed with Irving Azoff as my manager, who was I was sitting at a desk with, and I had Doc McGee, and mm-hmm. both legendary music legendary. industry, mm-hmm. big, 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 you know, because you you're the you have the X factor. You're on this show, and you're the guy. And Irving Azoff said, we're going to have a bunch of people write songs for you, and we're going to release a big hit record, and I'm going to put you, you're gonna, I'm going to pay for your living expenses, I'm going to give you five grand a month for, you know, just to eat, and I'm going to give you a rental car, and we're going to take care of you. This is Have a Cigar by Pink Floyd, yeah. you're describing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then Doc McGee said, who's from Chicago, said, we're going to make a record with Love Hammers that you've been wanting to do your whole life. I'm not going to give you anything. And I'm going to charge you for the coffees we just ordered. <laughs> and that's who I chose because I'm a Chicagoan. And he just understood that what I wanted to do was make a record with the Love Hammers on Epic. And Mark Burnett, that did the reality show, didn't want to do that. He just wanted to take trees and then put a bunch of powder around it. And uh, Epic, though, really loved some of the stuff we were doing. A guy named David Massey that's a bit, you know, been a, still is a big honcho over there. He really believed in the record and the songs we had. And, and he let us do it. So we kind of got in with the strength of Doc McGay saying, no, this is what they're going to do or you don't get him, Marty Casey, anything. So we had that old school, you know, he managed Bon Jovi and Motley and yeah. Kiss and he was that old school just, well, you take it or you get nothing. And they said, okay, we'll take it. So we got Marty Casey and the Love Hammers once again. They wouldn't even let it called anything Love Hammers until yeah, they Doc had to McGee have your said, name on the. Uh, it's Marty Casey yeah. or it's nothing, and Doc said it's Marty Casey and Love Hammers or it's nothing, so that we really had to fight for that too, and I think it it is the greatest hits of the Love Hammers five previous records, yeah. and you know reproduced some of them and some of them just left dry. The Steve Albini track Straight as an Arrow, just like we recorded it at Electrical Audio with Albini, and you know we had stuff with Butch Vig that we recorded at Smart Studios. So this is really. Everything that we succeeded as Love Hammers to get to put it out to the world, and we charted. We charted on Billboard. We, yeah. we sold, you know, hundred thousand copies, which was a, was a big deal. You know, in our first. I, couple I think weeks. these days that's considered mm-hmm. platinum. Yeah, but I mean, we did. You know, it, we we had our day. We but we didn't want to like be you know a, a band at number two hundred on Billboard. We really we set out to rule the world. So that of course wasn't. We weren't done yet. And so we continued. We made a few more records, and we were still trying to conquering the world. As you know, as the world changed and as as that slope got steeper, we still fought our asses off. Right. Uh, so tell me about how you came to be the guy in L.A. Guns. I got uh, hired to write songs for L.A. Guns in Toronto. They got a record deal with this really rich gentleman named Jean Bro. Now, I'm, I'm assuming you were a fan. I mean, you're a fan of all that kind of stuff, Hell aren't yeah. you? Hell yeah. My posters in you know, high school, like, coming alive, those guys saying, do you want to sing on the next L.A. Gods record? I mean, it was literally hired to write songs, flew up there, wrote five songs for them in seven days, and they this never happens in the music industry. They paid me $1,000 per song I wrote for them and then kept the publishing. I'm like, this is the most ridiculous deal that ever yeah. been given I got my check at the end of the week and they said do you want to come up and write more songs I said yeah so I did it wrote some more songs they selected a few of them for the record and they said do you want to vocal produce for the singer and what that means is I go up and sing them and then he emulates the way that I would sing them you know it's like a template it's like it's tracing like a, but with a new, singing a new thing I didn't know I'm like yeah well you know if you're going to pay me I'll, I guess that's vocal producing I guess I'll go try it I flew up there that third time and I arrived, and they picked me to the airport, and they said, uh, our singer quit. Do you want to sing on the record? I said, really? Total right place, right time. 
yeah, or wrong place, right time. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, I said, yeah, and uh, it was an amazing journey for a year. I got to literally go to like plays South America where you fly in, land, and there's 200 people at the airport just waiting for the band to be there. And Tracy Guns, the guns and guns and roses, yeah. getting to play with him. And the one thing I really remember about him is he could play a solo at lightning speed and then he could say, okay, play it, play it back. He'd listen to it. And then he could play the same thing harmonized in the next take. He's a mathematical musical genius. And I got to spin it with him for a year and, and it was an unbelievable, you know, I meet all my, got to play shows with Alice Cooper, got to play shows with Sammy Hagar, got to play shows with the uh, faster pussycat and bands that I just love from that era. So I got to live my 12 year old dream, you totally did, you know, and, and do that for one year. And then they said, do you want to do it for another year? And I said, no, I, I, I have to go back and uh, we, Hammer's got to make a record. So this here with this new solo album, this is another instance of you have to scratch a creative itch. Absolutely. Just like LA Guns. Here's Marty Casey, like, you've got to get these songs out, do your thing, and you'll always come back to Love Hammers. Absolutely. I think it's like pretty time-tested and approved now. It's, you know, uh, we're going for a while, and I do Rockstar in Excess. And then we're going for a while, and I do LA Guns. And now we're going for a while, and I do this. But here's the thing. Every step I take, we keep picking up fans. And then the Love Hammers aren't getting drawn out and drained of just being there forever, but just not going away. So you got to go away to come back. And yep. I keep doing this, and and the beautiful thing is, this is the first project I've done outside of the uh, Love Hammers that's growing on its own, has its own has its own uh, momentum, and and is and we're getting so many shows, and there's a lot of buzz about it, and it's ex it's exciting to do that too. Is my heart always in Love Hammers? Absolutely, I'm yeah. a hammer, I'm a hammerhead, and but is my heart in this? Hundred percent, and I do both, and I love both. Awesome. All right, Marty Casey. Uh, Gentlemen, you're going to perform in the car. This is going to be... You're a little nervous, aren't you? Unbelievable. It's tight. It's, yeah. it's a little tight. Uh, so here's what we're going to do. I'm going to move this away. Actually, should I hold this in my hand? I would do that. This may be the first time you do it, and, I, and why don't you try? you got to do it that way. There we go. How's that? Yeah, and you can go around. <laughs> there we go. I can really zoom in. Oh, there's Marty. There's Marty. Hello. Um, oh, I should say what, what we had for dinner. Yeah, we, we had tacos from uh, Marty's favorite taco place. That's right. I don't remember the name of it, but I think it's it. Tres Posada. Tres Posada. I think it translates to. It doesn't, but we just it call it. Translates to not sitting so good. Oh, <laughs> everyone's a critic. This is this is like this is like playing I don't know Soldier Field or at least the USC Pavilion. It's the, <laughs> it's tight. It is. All right, so I think we're ready. So I think originally we were going to play a different song, but we're going to song jacket like they do in Chicago. We're going to song jacket to a, a different tune. We're going to do this one, This House. And the reason we're doing it is because this one I wrote very early uh, in my life as a, as a musician, and then I just said, man, I really want to finish this song. And then here we did. We did it. We're going to do some three-part harmonies. Let's just tear it up, Three-part harmonies in a car. All right, this is ridiculous. Guys, I, I can't thank you enough for being here. Uh, and thank you for watching on Facebook Live. Uh, here we go. It is Marty Casey. Yeah, that's right. Devil horns in the air. Let's, <laughs> let's do this. Marty Casey live in the Mazda 3. I lost that sweet caress I stand here motionless The tide is pulling on this ocean between us The walls are closing in 
A fight I could not win I burn that bridge and let you turn my heart to stone Broken all alone oh, oh, oh. This house just ain't This could be my last dance Without a second chance With every breath I take I keep reaching Well, I'm still waiting here I see it all so clear I am the reason why you turned my heart to stone This house just ain't a home I know I did you wrong You know I'm not that strong Come back where you belong Home This house just ain't a home This house just ain't a home Come back where you belong This house just ain't a home Oh no Yeah, we did! In the car. That was awesome. This car is a home. This car is a home. And if I don't start making really big money from Car Con Carne, it really could be a home. Can we do your theme song? This car just is a home podcast. There we go. All right, hang on. Got it back up there. Got to put my double chin on display for everybody. That was awesome. Sweet. Let's go back to the best. Nice camera work. Thank We're going to have to get you, you on the IMDb. That's right. A credit for that. Do a little Marty Casey video work. Well played. Always looking for some freelance. Uh, guys, that was amazing. Marty, what a great song. I'm glad that you held on to that. You didn't let that song go, and you put that on an album. Made it happen. That was a good move. Yeah, and I like the three parts. A lot of, a lot of, got to give it to these guys. They're oh, you guys sounded you know, great. You amazing. guys sounded amazing. But yeah, it turned out, and it's kind of like what the record's about. It's just kind of reaching out from where I've been and finding, finding some new highlights. And man, I appreciate everybody that supported it from the bottom of my heart. It's giving me the ability to keep going keep playing great shows and just like you supporting local music and and doing your things jvo it's been a long time but it's finally nice to actually sit in a small car with you and eat tacos how about <laughs> it we, we need to do this more often it's long I overdue like it. long overdue all right i'm going to stop the facebook live we'll wrap up the podcast here uh this podcast will be available in two weeks it'll be mixed it'll be 
wonderful. I never know where to look, by the way. I, I, no, I'm no, like no, looking no, at you. I, I'm sure people are like screenshotting me going all cross-eyed on the <laughs> podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, and we had we had an audience on the uh, sidewalk. Yeah. Marty gave him a little wave, a little courtesy <laughs> wave as they were watching you guys rock out. All right. Thank you for watching Facebook Live. Here we go. I'm hitting Thanks, finish. Thanks. i got to remember to post this. Here we go. See, that was fun. Yeah. That's totally that was fun. cool. I'm going to wrap up the podcast here in a sec. I'm going to post this. Sweet. Okay. All right. Now we are back to the reality where there is no video. So now we can really be disgusting. No one will ever see us. I feel uh, like I'm going to have really weird dreams tonight. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> uh, I do want to mention the social media message of the day, the Boost Mobile social media message of the day, or week, really. This is a weekly show. Uh, if you want to be included in this, comment on the Carcon Carne Facebook page or even on my Facebook page or the Twitter or Instagram. Just make a comment. Uh, regarding Ralph Covert, who was on the show two weeks ago, uh, Marty said, best episode yet, listening to Big Star all morning. Now, we talked at length about Alex Chilton and Big Star, so that's a, that's a good good inspiration there. Thanks to Ralph for doing that show. And also regarding the evictions, which just came out, uh, they also did an in-car performance. Michael J. Piff says, I can't wait for your Mazda 3 compilation album. That would be a good charity good thing. Good idea. Yeah. That's a great idea. Do a little fundraising, maybe for like a musician's fund or something. I think that's a must. That's a must. That's a gr- the greatest idea. He should get a T-shirt of this. Do you have T-shirts? No, I should make some T-shirts. Oh, why don't you have T-shirts? I, uh, all things in time. I got I got a car magnet on the side. Yeah. That's something. I got this thing on the dashboard. I. It's I, a slow. Like that, that's all nice, but you need T-shirts. Down. I do need T-shirts. <laughs> you can have a little donation box at the front. Like they, he had a tip jar at the burrito joint. Let's get yeah. a tip jar in here. We should. <laughs> all all great points. Thank you. I appreciate. It. Uh, your advising. Yeah, Ralph Covert was an amazing episode, though. Ralph Covert's, I mean, you kind of, I wouldn't say you were in the same circles in town, but, I mean, you came up at the same time, right? He was maybe a little bit ahead of you with bad examples. A little bit ahead of me, but, man, just like another, like, veteran mm-hmm. and hardworking dude and great songwriter. That dude but, is a great songwriter. What I liked most, and we don't need to talk at length about Ralph, this is your episode, Marty, but uh, one thing he said when he created Ralph's World, which got him a Grammy nomination, his idea for doing kids' music was to not do kids' music, but instead just write songs that people of all ages could listen to. Genius. Yeah, and he took kind of an indie rock approach to making kids' music, and man, that paid off. Uh, unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Great dude, too. Just a, just a cool dude. Totally, la- totally chill. Totally agree. All right, Marty Casey, if people want to discover more, hear more, do more with Marty Casey, where do they go? I think Facebook's been a great like angle for me. This you know for so Marty Casey artist page and Marty Casey music if they want to order merchandise or order the CD or anything like that MartyCaseyMusic.com and you know it's as easy as just Google Marty Casey and it'll get you to where we you know whatever shows we have and it, it's just a simple world so just if it's on your mind Google Marty Casey and see what's coming up. I, I wish you the best with this album. It sounds awesome. I'm glad you are scratching this itch. I appreciate it, man. I appreciate you. You've always reached out to the artists in Chicago and you're one of the reasons a lot of bands like Dovetail Joint got signed so I mean you've done a lot for local bands uh, and I, I just can't say enough you've always been somebody Thanks. that we've looked up to and, and when you played our songs you gave us a voice Love Hammer's first one to ever play Ultrasound off our first record that's cool you know it gives us a voice in Chicago and that's what it's needed to create create a rock community and Chicago needs more rock community and you're the you're the one doing it so man cheers to you we're we're a, we're really just 
uh, we're amazed that you asked us to do this. So, oh, come man, on. if you ever need somebody to push your car and you run out of gas, we're the guys. <laughs> cool. Guys, thank you so much. And, you know, you guys sounded great, too. I, I realize thank this you. is Marty's show, but, I mean, it's not... You're not window dressing. You're amazing musicians. Thank you for coming in the car, too. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, yeah.